Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. reading today from 1st Peter chapter 2. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up to salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good that you come to him a living stone rejected by men but in the sight of God chosen and precious you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected 
to become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobeyed the word and they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Let us stand as we sing the Alleluia verse. St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. How firm a foundation. grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from the Gospel reading. Let's pray. O Lord, you have called us your own. You have brought us into the household and family of God and be with us today, O Lord, and give us strength to live as your children wherever we go. May the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. 
In our gospel reading, we hear Jesus say, If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will, will see me, will not see me anymore, but you will see me. As I live, you also will live. Okay. It's an old story, and I know I've told it before, but it's a story about three pastors. Three pastors that were uh, different congregations. They're having lunch together, uh, and they were sharing experiences and ideas to help each other out with their different ministries. And, and after several minutes of animated conversation, they got a little quiet, and one pastor uh, got a very serious look on his face, and he said, you know, we have a serious problem at our church, and, and, I, and I wanted to talk with you guys about it. It's not, and he goes on, he says, well, it's bats, right? We can't seem to get them out of our attic, right? And they start, we start singing, and the organ starts playing, it wakes them up, right? They start flapping around in there, and I start to preach, you can hear them moving, you hear them scratching, it's a little creepy. Uh, and really hard to pay attention when that happens. Kids start crying, and really, it, it's starting to, uh, it was really hard for people to pay attention anymore, uh, and, and it's getting so disruptive that our people are not able to hear the word God. The other past, second pastor was sort of nodding along and said, yeah, we, 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 interesting, we had the same problem too. Uh, the bats, uh, they, they just could not stay out of our belfry. We tried ringing the bells at different hours of the day and night, uh, spraying chemicals. You got an exterminator in there to try to do it, but nothing worked out. We throw his hands up in that direction. Third pastor is sort of leaning back and smiling. He says, well, guys, we had that problem a few years ago, and we found a good solution. Well, the other two pastors perk up, and they sort of lean in. He says, well, it was really easy. First, we got to know them, right? Uh, we got up there in the, in, the, in the attic in the belfry, and, and pretty soon we had them come on down. And it wasn't too long before we got them baptized and confirmed that we never saw them again. <laughs> Let that sink in a little bit. Yeah, okay, all right. Now, at our next service at 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock, confirmands will be standing before God confessing their faith. They have been baptized. They've studied the Word of God. And they've been, they will be confirmed. They will receive the Lord's Supper for the first time. In every respect, they'll be a member of the congregation. But uh, over the years, I've noticed a, a number of things, and uh, it's, I've said it before, it's not unusual to our church, uh, but it's still tough that about half or even two-thirds sometimes of those newly confirmed students will hardly ever be found here in the Lord's house a year for their confirmation day. Sad to say, like the bats in the belfry, they've been baptized and confirmed, and we hardly see them, or rarely at all. And I'm going to urge them today to break that pattern. But to use the church, I want to urge you too help them break that pattern too. In the Gospel of John, we heard Jesus say, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. 
you know, that we are not alone in this world, are we? Uh, and, 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 and we need to we need to look at why it's wise for us to continue to learn about God and grow in our discipleship of the Lord. Uh, and it's really important, it's not just for the 13 young men and women, it's for all of us here today as we grow in our faith and in, in worship and in devotion and study of the Word. Now, today's a, a great day for confirmation. I sort of wrestled, do I write two sermons, right? Uh, one for the other two services and one for confirmation, but you know, there, there are a lot of people that are going to be here, uh, especially next service, parents and grandparents, godparents and friends. But is there something in this message for everyone else? Well, yeah, there is, isn't there? Because confirmation is that continual process. Uh, it includes all of us gathered here today, all of us over all three services over the weekend. And for this message, I want you to sort of think back to your confirmation day. Uh, and, and, and maybe how you've done since that time, because as we continue in our worship, as we continue in the study of the Word of God, we're growing in our faith and growing in our understanding of just what it is that happened since God touched us in the water at the Holy Baptism, right? Confirmation Day is an important day in their lives, but as I said, it's an important day for everybody else, family and, and friends that are gathered. And if I had to pick up some things that I would want to say, uh, it would probably be more uh, of a set of phrases from the rite of confirmation that we're going to be using. It's a series of questions. Basically, you made your public proclamation of your faith. Do you acknowledge the gifts God gave you in your baptism? Do you believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you intend to continue steadfast in that faith and suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? And do you intend with God's help to, to live among God's faithful people, to hear God's word, to share his supper, to conform your life to his desires and serve others in Jesus' name? I mean, those are important questions that we'll put to the, to the confirmands, but it's important questions for you and me too, aren't they? They apply to all of us. They're hard questions, but questions appropriate for the life of the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is confirmation? I think a lot of times uh, Lutherans don't quite catch it all the time. We don't get it, or if we do get it, we don't think it's that important, or we don't, don't think it matters very much. But, but it does matter, and, and we need to understand it and act accordingly. And it's this. Most people think that confirmation is the spiritual equivalent to eighth grade or high school graduation, right? Uh, we seem to think confirmation and eighth grade or high school graduation are pretty much the same thing. Uh, except one happens at school and the other happens at church. We equate them somehow, which is wrong. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Don't do it. There are some similarities, of course, uh, which anyone can see. Uh, confirmation and graduation are alike in that they both generally happen to teenagers, uh, usually in the spring of the year. Uh, they force the young person to frequently stand up in front of other people and smile, right? Both of them are, are Kodak moments. Uh, uh, both of them are causes for reception at, at receptions at your parents' house. Uh, both of them might actually mean you get that card from Aunt Martha in Peoria with 20 bucks inside, right? Uh, and because of only a, of Aunt Martha, and both are a pretty good deal for us. But in some ways, so in some ways, confirmation is a, a little like graduation, since uh, in eighth grade you head off to high school. Uh, but when you think of graduation, 
you often think that you're finished, right? You're done. Namely, you're finished with formal learning, and, and really what happens, the only time you show up at your old school is for homecomings or, or reunions. That's not much of a relationship, at least not the one that they're going to affirm or that you affirm at your confirmation. There's some similarity, but confirmation is not graduation. In fact, they're very different. And I want to spend some time uh, talking about those differences and because we need to understand it and act upon it. So let's take a look and compare those. And at first, in some basic sense, graduation says, I've arrived. I'm on, on my own, I'm finished, right? Confirmation says, you're still in the way. It's only the beginning. Graduation, you've arrived, you've got some level of knowledge and expertise. You, when you graduate, you might not know it all, but you know enough, right? And, and graduates are free to go uh, and get on with life and be a part of society and got what it takes to compete with the rest of us. And so get out there, have a nice day, right? Uh, that's graduation, a piece of paper that says, you've arrived, you really don't have to go any farther in life. The confirmation is different. Confirmation affirms that as a Christian person, you haven't really arrived anywhere <laughs> yet. And as long as you walk on this earth, you never will. In reality, you're more like a pilgrim, a traveler through life. Your destination is heaven and eternity with Jesus. You're on the way. Uh, confirmation is when you pause for a moment, see that you're indeed on the right path, before you take the next step, continue on. Your journey, your pilgrimage, began when you were baptized, when God's word and that element of water were joined together in the name of the triune God. God set you on your way. God put you on that path. God promised to walk with you and to help, with, help you, to guide you and to guarantee that you make it to the destination. The kingdom awaits you. Confirmation is a reminder of that, a, remind, a time to remember how that journey began in baptism and how that journey is going to end in eternity. But it's also a reminder of how far we have to go. Confirmation is it's sort of like stopping at the gas station before you head out of town on vacation, right? Uh, you assure yourself that you're, uh, you check the map, make sure you're on the right road, and, and time to maybe clean out some of the garbage in the car, you know, before you hit the road, before getting back and getting on with the rest of the trip. And if you think of graduation, you have that attitude that you arrive at whatever basic level is necessary to participate. But confirmation, you need to have the attitude that you haven't arrived anywhere, but you've been strengthened for the journey of the lifetime, the journey of faith, your destination in God's presence for all eternity. I think we need to uh, really zero in on that idea and definition there. Because it's, it's always a concern to me uh, that so many times, I mean, it's not just confirmants, it's even adults. Why do so few adults feel the need to ever study the Bible? Or, or why do so many confirmants disappear? After all, uh, do we really believe what we teach and confess? Do we, or do we believe this is just sort of kid stuff? Uh, I mean, are we so sure of ourselves that we've forgotten the scripture? Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You're not there yet. You're still pilgrims on the journey. Let us resolve and continue on in that journey. Secondly, 
Uh, small but important way. Graduation is about knowledge. Confirmation is about wisdom. Uh, graduation is all about how and what and when and where. But confirmation is about who and why. Who? Well, why, right? Uh, God in the person of Jesus dying on the cross for your sins and raising from the dead uh, for your salvation. God, that's who. But why? Because he loves you so much that he died for you to remove that penalty of sin to keep you from, uh, that, that would keep you away from God's presence forever. In Psalm 110, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have a good understanding. To him belongs eternal grace. Confirmation is all about wisdom, godly wisdom. Thirdly, graduation is about making a living. Confirmation is about getting a life. I like that one. Making a living versus getting a life. Graduation, right? You're, you're learning a trade. You're learning a vocation. You're earning money. You're paying your own way through the world. I mean, hey, you can't live on your, off your parents forever, although some do try. Uh, <laughs> but graduation points toward a time of you're on your own, you're on financial independence, and at least eventually. But many of you have been around long enough to know that just because you get a good education doesn't always mean you get a good job right away. Life can be unfair. But uh, graduation is about making a living. Confirmation is about getting a life. Because when we look at the big picture, honestly, It doesn't matter to me about your job or how much money you do or do not make. You know what? Money comes and money goes, right? Careers come and careers go. Just think of the last few years of COVID and everything and business failures. The big picture, what really remains, what really matters is your calling as a child of God uh, through Jesus Christ. Nothing matters as much as that. Nothing is as important as Almighty God made known to you and me through Jesus Christ, His own Son. But a lot of times we don't live like it. You know better. You should know better. You need to follow Jesus. Get a life in Him. Get an eternal life in Him. You go where He leads. And then finally, a word responsibility. A lot of times, right now, with, with high school graduates, say at 18, you're legally an adult, right? You're held responsible for actions and decisions, fair enough. Uh, in eighth grade, they sort of feel like that right now. Uh, they don't want to be treated like a kid anymore, uh, but that includes being responsible, right? For what you say and do, how you act. Confirmed Christians are responsible too. And that's so in the sense that we're able to respond, filled with God's spirit. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, one of the blessings say, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God, the spirit of joy in God's holy presence. As we are filled with that spirit, we're able to respond to a world in need. Now, you and I both know, I mean, we're not responsible for the mess the world is in, in the sense that you caused it and you're being blamed for it. But you are responsible for the mess this world is in because as a child of God, through Jesus Christ, you've been filled with God's Holy Spirit and called by the gospel to go, to go and make a difference in his name. 
And if you can't get out there and do what's right in the name of Jesus, who can? So let me give some guidelines uh, that I'm gonna give them today. Rules for the road, if you will, as you continue on that journey of faith. You need to remember. You need to remember whose you are. You are God's child. You need to remember that you are not alone, that Jesus is with you. You need to remember to, remember to stop, to rest, to be refreshed. You need to come, to come for worship, to serve others, to study the Word of God. You need to remember to stay close to Jesus. Don't forget Him and His love for you. There's a, a tendency after confirmation in the high school and college for young people to stray. It happens with adults too, right? Time passes, more and more things compete for their time. A lot compete for the eighth graders' time already, right? Schoolwork, sporting events, school activities. That doesn't change, does it? In high school, it's what? Cars, jobs, dating, uh, hanging out with friends. As adults, other things compete for our time and attention. A lot of things compete for our time, don't they? In all honesty, I, I grieve because I wonder about them just as I wonder about all of you, right? Will, will you be here a week, two weeks, a year from now? Will the Lord, will, will the Lord still find a place in your life? Will you be found coming before his altar? Will you still read his word? Will you, will you still talk to your heavenly father? Will you still gather as much as possible to, to share his word, to sing his praises, to gather at his table, to confess his truth and share his good news? I mean, it's, it's, it's my prayer that it's never said of any of you that they were baptized and confirmed and like the bats, we haven't seen them since. That's enough today. I pray that as redeemed children of God on a journey of a lifetime, you're guided with him throughout your whole journey on earth till you arrive at last to be with your Savior. You know why? Because I want to see you there. I don't want you to miss it. I want to see you in that wonderful crowd that is around the throne of God in his presence as we sing his praise and proclaim his glories. And in this season of Easter, we get a glimpse of that as we proclaim. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah, amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.